are listening to an extra shot episode on the Project Zion podcast, a shorter episode that lets you get your Project Zion fix in between our full-length episodes. It might be shorter time-wise, but hopefully not in content. So regardless of the temperature at which you prefer your caffeine, sit back and enjoy this extra shot. This episode of Project Zion Podcast features a message from Apostle Robin Linkhart entitled The Living Restoration, shared November 7th, 2021, during Beyond the Walls online worship from Toronto Community of Christ. This sermon is followed by an excerpt from the post-worship chat fellowship time, a regular feature of Beyond the Walls in which Pastor John Hamer interviews that week's guest ministry lineup. A very special thanks to Beyond the Walls for sharing this audio with Project Zion Podcast. Check the show notes for links to view the complete service and learn more about Beyond the Walls Global Ministry. I was born and raised in Community of Christ. I grew up learning about Jesus, and I could not wait to turn eight years old so I could be baptized. My dad was U.S. military, and we moved all the time. 19 times in 20 years, but this little community of faith was the one constant presence in my life. It gave me purpose, identity, and a deep sense of belonging. No matter where we lived, Community of Christ welcomed and loved my family and me. No matter the nation or state, No matter the size or shape of the building, no matter how large or how small the congregation, we read the scriptures, sang the hymns, knelt together as the sacrament prayers were read, ate the bread, drank the wine, and shared the stories of our lives. No matter where, these were my people. But my my conversion experience to the restoration happened the year I turned 12 and found my mother's copy of the book, Emma Smith, The Elect Lady by Margaret Wilson Gibson, a Community of Christ publication. It was not a history book. It was a historical novel, and Gibson cast the story of the early church, the restoration story, in a very rosy glow, sidestepping numerous controversial issues. But the heart of the story was there in living color, and it absolutely captured my imagination. For several days in a row, I read late into the night, holding a flashlight under my bed cover so I wouldn't wake up my sister. Page after page, the saga of Emma and Joseph unfolded. It was a holy adventure of reading. There was no denying God was doing something great and marvelous in the midst of the mess in the midst of human frailty and flaws. And Emma, 
the strong, mysterious, compassionate one stayed behind holding fast to her experience of the living restoration. In the reading of her story, it became part of my story. I still struggle to articulate how the spiritual fire of this unique encounter with the history of my people kindled a prophetic impulse that felt old and new all at the same time. It would be decades before I read these words from Doctrine and Covenants 161-1B given in 1996 and added to the Doctrine and Covenants in 2000. Be faithful to the spirit of the restoration, mindful that it is a spirit of adventure, openness, and searching. In my work with Latter-day Seekers who are exploring Community of Christ, I am frequently asked, how did you get from Nauvoo to who you are today? In other words, I need you to tell me how 1844 Mormonism became Community of Christ. Today, I want to talk about that adventure and how the prophetic impulse that gave birth to this movement continues to thrive in the living restoration of today. Two key restoration concepts or principles were foundational to equipping us for the reorganization adventure, common consent, and continuing revelation. The principle and practice of common consent emerged early in the life of the church during a time of intense struggle and decision-making that effected monumental impact. Scripture recorded in Doctrine and Covenants the summer of 1830 instructed members that all things in the church were to be done by common consent and by the prayer of faith. Leaders of the reorganization learned valuable lessons from the Nauvoo era, lessons which led them to intentionally let go of charismatic control and elitist models of leadership in favor of the give and take application of common consent, a practice which requires a commitment to the process and the hard work of ensuring voice, deep listening, and protecting the rights of each one, especially the minority voice. Community of Christ sees this as an act of preserving a portion of the original genius of the restoration. Community of Christ's resolve to the faithful practice of common consent means that we embrace the struggle of honoring and upholding covenant community. At the same time, we deeply value and affirm agency, responsibility, freedom, and diversity of opinion. Common consent provided a way for us to travel the way together, navigating uncharted seas and keeping the boat on the water. The voice of the people, a discerning, prophetic people, 
plays a significant role in who we are and who we are becoming. We hold to this process in congregations and mission centers on all manner of church affairs, programs, buildings, and budgets. Vital and diverse resolutions come to the floor of World Conference for discussion, debate, and vote. Things like racism, nuclear arms reduction, human trafficking, indigenous peoples, domestic and sexual violence, peace and justice, human diversity, earth stewardship, and many, many more. Most recently, a resolution submitted by the British Isles and Western Europe Mission Centers and approved by World Conference calls the whole church to study, discussion, and advocacy focused on the role nonviolence plays in the pursuit of peace on and for the earth. It also referred the position of Community of Christ on nonviolence to the First Presidency, ordering a report and or statement to be presented to the 2023 World Conference. The other foundational piece and a core principle for us is continuing revelation. Continuing revelation as experienced and practiced in community of Christ lives in the fiber of our open canon, the doctrine and covenants. It's a living canon reflective of an ongoing living relationship with the divine, illuminated through intentional listening and discerning on the part of the prophet and the people. It is active and dynamic. Our Doctrine and Covenants contains 165 sections, the most recent added in 2016. The prophet president brings words of counsel for consideration, which are then carefully considered line upon line by delegates from all the nations of the church. Inclusion in the Doctrine and Covenants requires the affirming vote of the people. At times, the discussion has been heated and intense, representing diverse and opposing opinions. Such was the case for the inclusion of Section 156, which provided for the ordination of women, approved in 1984. Continuing revelation is how we experience the voice of God as a people, the God who still speaks and beckons us into a future filled with possibility, the God who breathed life into this movement, along with a spirit of adventure, openness, and searching. The practice of continuing revelation recorded in an open canon, is our way of saying to God, have your way with us, shape us, form us, teach us how to love. Generation after generation is called to wholeheartedly embrace the journey, willing to face hard truths about where we've been, and how we've sometimes lost our way, open to how God is calling us to be and to become 
the living restoration now, here. From Doctrine and Covenants 162, 2E, given in 2004, again, you are reminded that this community was divinely called into being. The spirit of the restoration is not locked in one moment of time, but is instead the call to every generation to witness to essential truths in its own language and form. Let the spirit breathe. Continuing Revelation opened the door for national conferences to consider pressing issues best handled at a national level. A prophetic voice that released the process of common consent in many nations to consider and accept the full inclusion of LGBTQ plus persons in the life of the church, including the sacraments of marriage and ordination. Continuing revelation deepened our understanding of Zion, shifting it from Zion as a place to Zion as a way of living. It compels us to respond to the call, to provide peace colloquies featuring diverse voices and experts teaching and sharing about how to teach peace, how to address systemic injustice and partner with others to heal injustices in our world. Another example of response is the current climate change colloquy put on by the North American Climate Justice Team of Community of Christ, exploring with various experts how to bring healing to our planet, Mother Earth, who shudders in distress because creation's natural and living systems are becoming exhausted from carrying the burden of human greed and conflict. This journey of adventure, openness, and searching has not always been easy. In fact, sometimes it's been really, really hard. But step by step, we've responded to God's gentle nudging and moved away from black and white interpretations to embrace the full color, life-giving application of principles, enduring principles, articulating the core essence of our restoration heritage. Principles meant to be embodied and lived as they become communities of Christ, living restoration in the everyday, communities of Christ, living signals of God's vision for all creation, a living presence of restoring, reconciling, healing peace here on earth. Zion the beautiful, now, here. Enduring principles drawn from the heart of the restoration movement. All are called blessings of community, continuing revelation, grace and generosity, responsible choices, pursuit of peace, sacredness of creation, unity and diversity, worth of all persons. 
President Beasy shared these words in April of 2019. Scripture testifies that all creation waits with eager longing for peaceful humanity to appear on the world stage to turn the tide of hate, agony, and destruction. Are we moving toward Jesus, the peaceful one? For such a time as this, we are community of Christ, a welcoming, loving, worldwide faith community that values the worth of every person and does our best to provide a safe space to explore and deepen relationship with Jesus, the peaceful one, and with one another. Here we stand in the face of unprecedented times, fanning the flames of the Holy Spirit as new expressions of Christ-centered communities emerge online and face-to-face, taking many shapes and forms, proclaiming a loving God who yearns to draw the world close in an ever-widening circle of transforming love, bringing healing, wholeness, and hope. This is our faithful response to the prophetic impulse that feels old and new all at the same time, the living restoration. Amen. I want to start uh, just with Robin, uh, because Robin, I know you have to go uh, to an ordination service that's about to happen. Um, And I guess I just want to uh, ask you a little bit about your calling to work with Latter-day Seekers. So, John, I think that began to come together in 2007 when, as a 70, I was yoked in mission with Apostle Dale Luffman. <laughs> and about 2008, early 2009, Community of Christ began to experience this influx of LDS folks reaching out to us in the midst of their questions and angst, and that continued to grow. Dale started a little team to kind of think about, okay, what's happening and what's our faithful response to this? And um, towards the end of 08, early 2009, as a 70, called to mission, a forerunner of Christ's peace, I uh, spoke with my apostle, Dale, and I said, Dale, it sounds like this is something that's really connected with mission. And if you would just let me overhear the conversation, that would really help me be informed. So he ended up bringing me on to the team and going with the team to Salt Lake City Sunstone Symposium, meeting you, John, um, and all kinds of encounters with folks under the restoration umbrella, um, LDS, Community of Christ, and many others. Now, we uh, had a change of apostle in about 2010, and then another one in 2011. We continued to respond to seekers, but when we took Ron Harmon, Apostle Ron Harmon, to Salt Lake City uh, for a sunstone, Ron saw for himself that this was a peace and justice issue of 
wounded people reaching out to us to find some sense of sanctuary and a safe space to just kind of sift and sort what they were going through and how God was calling them to continue their faith journey. And that's when I ended up going to Salt Lake City because we had a tiny congregation of about six or seven folks. We needed somebody that could be on the ground pretty much full time. And I have to tell you, John, that was not without fear and trepidation. <laughs> uh, I, especially looking back, I knew so little about what I needed to know. Um, but over and over again, the Holy Spirit bore witness to me, community of Christ is called to stand in this place and to hold out our hands and to take the hands of any who need help and to journey with them and be with them wherever that takes them. And of course, we always invite people. Um, all are welcome. All are welcome to become community of Christ, but all are welcome to fellowship and rest for a while for as long as that's helpful to you. So it became, in a sense, uh, my whole expression of mission and ministry and uh, what a blessing, what a blessing to have the privilege to walk with wonderful, oh, beloved people, and to share in their story and to hear their story and to watch them find hope and healing and, um, and joy and to liberate all of who God created them to be and express that in such beautiful ways and that bring peace and healing to others as well. So sorry, I'm kind of passionate about that. <laughs> That's all right. You don't have to be sorry. I, and that, I, I just being being a part of I was being with you that week and just realizing even at the time I think just how how kind of paradigm shifting that was for everyone in that experience but then subsequently to just be able to um, uh, observe and experience your leadership and ministry in this has just been um, such a privilege for me and it has helped so many people and also led like you say led people into. Uh, new callings and where they are ministering to others. I know that's even what the ordination you're uh, going off to do in Salt Lake uh, after this. Yes, indeed. Well, thanks so much for having me today. It's been such a joy. And I just want to thank all the participants and those that shared bits and pieces of your stories with us. Um, and some of you I've watched from the very beginning. So it's been a pleasure and it's just inspiring, not only for today, but for the weeks and months to come. So thank you so much. You all take care. And I'll thank, see you, you thank you, Robin. Thank you, Robin. Thanks for listening to Project Zion Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast streaming service you use. And while you are there, give us a five-star rating. Project Zion Podcast is sponsored by Latter-day Seeker Ministries of Community of Christ. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are of those speaking and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Latter-day Seeker Ministries or Community of Christ. The music has been graciously provided by Dave Hines. 